Hello and welcome to the Bankers podcast series, Banking Under Pressure, interviewing industry experts from around the world to gather insights and advice on best practices and innovations that can help banks and their customers manage during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm Joy McKnight, Managing Editor of The Banker, and my guest this week is Michael Vontamitis, Head of Trade for Europe and Americas at Standard Chartered Bank. Thanks for joining me, Michael. Hi, Joy. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. Can we talk a little bit about how the pandemic and the lockdown situations in many countries are really starting to accelerate the digitization trend in trade? Yes, yeah, sure. So, so we've definitely seen an increase in, in digitization as a direct result of the pandemic. The ICC, the International Chamber of Commerce, launched a guidance paper a few weeks ago on the types of digital response measures that banks are undertaking during, um, during the crisis. And preliminary data shows that these financial institutions um, are, are significantly being impacted. More than 60% of respondents, for example, said that um, they expect to see trade finance flows down by at least 20% in 2020. Um, there's, there's a real focus on the practicalities of trade finance. And in this environment, many banks are indicating that they are taking their own measures to relax internal rules on original documentation, for example. About 30% of uh, respondents report that there was some support from local regulators to help facilitate ongoing trade. But without significant regulatory support, the effectiveness of each individual bank's measures will, will unfortunately be limited. When I, when I start to think about the pandemic, it introduces uh, and it exacerbates challenges to the trade finance process. So what we found was um, banks were saying that there was, an Im- th- th- there was immediate and significant issues, which largely reflected three common hurdles introduced by the pandemic. That is things like lack of staff, the inability to print and delays in or inability to deliver documents. And, and according to anecdotal documents, um, in April 2020, most banks report having between 75 and 90 percent of operational staff working from home. And that's across the world. With, with staff working from home under lockdown, there is the inability for clients and banks to obtain original and authorized signatories and submit documents. So many jurisdictions actually require wet ink signed payment obligations. Um, issues such as witnessing on security documents and difficulties in the delivery. For example, Korea is not operating very well. You know, I think uh, India is a good example where you know, Korea has just resumed normal service over the last couple of weeks uh, after weeks and weeks of restrictions. Um, you, can have the, you can talk about the handling of an examination of physical shipping documents due to most businesses operating remotely reduced staff, local restrictions on movement between places, fear of even using the transit system by both mailroom and operation staff, and paper bills are leading. These are the ownership documents that are not recognized um, electronically, so require paper. So you've had a lot of issues, right? So, you know, things like missing contract deadlines, documents not being presented on the letters of credit, potentially invalidating the payment obligation or payment commitments, and so on. You know, so what, what have banks done? You know, in this is that they've 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 increased the use of existing digital channels. So, for example, sending e-advices versus paper advices. Some banks are accepting electronic documents such as PDF documents. You know, a really good example was Algeria. Algeria came out with a with a specific regulation that said, you know, paper you can accept digital versus paper, and and um, you know, go ahead and do that. Whereas many regulators didn't do that. Um, India was pretty pro- uh, proactive as well, um, and and banks are implementing things like temporary approvals to accept digital signatures, 
And there's this sort of thing at the moment, which is, you know, signature by attached email uh, being widely used. Okay, so why are governments and regulatory bodies really looking at this more closely? I think previously, um, you know, this was sort of a bit of a sticking point, and you alluded to it there, where some governments um, and regulators are now starting to make this change under the pressure of the COVID-19. Why should they be really looking at this? And, you know, how can they really accelerate, again, the digitization trend? If I was to sort of look at the, the fundamental problem of the world of trade is that it's still stuck in paper. There, there's this, this great quote by, by Maersk, where Maersk is the world's largest shipping company, found that in a simple shipment from, from East Africa uh, to, to Europe, it goes through around 30 different stakeholders with more than 200 interactions across you know, customs, freight forwarders, inspection agencies, ports, etc. And that didn't even include banks. I don't think they even looked at banks in that, in that study. There's 4 billion paper documents circulating as a result of trade with thousands and thousands of data fields that are just constantly retyped. Um, you know, obviously, when you do manually retype, you get errors. And, and a lot of them are actually redundant for an individual participant in the trade flow. So the challenge and the, the demonstration that we saw was that you can kind of go digital on, on signatures and a few things, but because of these ad hoc measures, they're not really sustainable. Um, and so we really need governments to shift the way they think about this. They need to, we need to see, ensure that laws are altered in countries to enable, you know, for, for example, digital assets to, digital, to, to transfer digitally, such as electronic bills of lading and the like. One of the interesting things about the pandemic is that we were actually talking about the protection of workers mm -hmm. um, rather than efficiency gains, productivity gains, and, uh, and, and, and an acceleration of the, the speed of movement of goods, which is kind of fascinating. Okay, so what do you think companies should be looking to do in order to take advantage of the, this digitization trend of trade? Once companies come out of the crisis mode, and, and you know, the, the initial focus is really being around conserving cash and ensuring that... Um, the manage through the the, the, the shift in, in in conditions around the core products um, and trade documents you know obviously impact the ability to move products so I imagine priority will be given to digitizing all critical processes such as trade documentation and you know in terms of initiation of instructions to banking partners you know banks like Standard Chartered we've we, we've 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 seen um, trade finance sort of lag behind other products like cash management. However, the digital tools are available today for companies to connect to their banks digitally. And, and I would expect to see, um, or we already have seen a, a significant increase in, in connectivity uh, digitally to, to us on, on trade finance, and we expect to see that increase in the, in the future. Okay, and what kind of really efficiencies can it drive for companies? How can it really benefit them? Um, and then also the global supply chain in general? You know, the benefits of, of, of beyond reducing risks um, of, of future, you know, reducing the risks of future, in future lockdowns um, will actually be around delivering a more robust business. So digitization obviously will enable cost-saving measures, measures such as reducing the needs for office premises due to the success we've seen in mass enablement of work from home. Um, and we've seen that you know, work pretty well over the last few months. I mean, I think we're all a, bit, a little bit tired of it, but uh, it, it does seem to be working pretty well. Um, and we'll definitely see a more productive and flexible workforce in the future. But beyond this, businesses will see the benefits of converting paper into usable data. Uh, and it really is about delivering on a data economy, leveraging tools around you know, data and analytics, um, APIs, machine-based learning, 
and there'll be many opportunities for from from things like lead generation for sales to cost optimization um, that we'll see businesses that adapt first really thrive in this environment. So I think there's a real opportunity for businesses to take advantage of the um, the need to um, to digitize because of the circumstance to actually using it as a business um, a differentiator going forward. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your insights, Michael, and thanks to our audience for listening. Keep up to date by subscribing to our weekly podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and Acast, and follow our discussions at thebanker.com slash podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.